Welcome to the Indirect Vision Podcast, where it is our mission to help pre-dental and dental students make better decisions through the application of new and unique perspectives. I'm Andrew, and today I'll be interviewing Calvin No. Calvin is a fourth-year dental student at USC. He attended Westmont College for undergrad. He conducted research at both the L.A. County Hospital and the Children's Hospital in L.A., and was recently accepted into the four-year USC Oral and Maxillofacial Surgery Residency. Thanks for joining me today, Calvin. Thanks, Andrew. Excited to be here. (laughs) Thanks. Well, so I was just telling you that you're a lot of the reason why I'm in dental school today, um, because you were a few classes ahead of me in Westmont, both of our alma maters, and you... (laughs) Uh, kind of talked and talked John Wong, a mutual friend of ours, into pursuing dentistry, and John Wong kind of talked me into doing it. And now, look at us—all three of us are in dental school, just yeah. different years. So, <laughs> I owe you everything. <laughs> no, no, you don't. You don't owe me. You don't owe me anything, honestly. Maybe next time I see you, I'll take you out to lunch or something. Okay, that's a fair. <laughs> and you can. And you can teach me all your OMFS skills. Yeah, yeah. In, in an hour. <laughs> but I'm, I'm curious, Calvin. Why did you pursue oral and maxillofacial surgery? Well, so, you know, like, it started maybe my first or second year. And I just happened to come into the oral surgery clinic and was able to um, shadow the attending there um, and her name's Dr. Tung and she she was just so like eloquent in talking to patients and knowledgeable and she would teach the students basically everything um, like medications and uh, just uh, like yeah like pharmacology and so much about like the basic sciences and about like um, different diseases and things like that and just like seeing how much knowledge she had and then being able to shadow the residents and seeing how much skill they had treating patients with these like cool procedures doing like wisdom teeth extractions mm-hmm. and um, like most extractions up to dental school, but later at like the hospital, you did able to see these bigger surgeries and it's just incredible. And the, the field of the, the scope of the field is just so wide and varied and mm-hmm. um you can just change a patient's life in such a different way. So that's why I wanted to go into this field. Oh, yeah. Um, What's an attendee? Is an attendee a resident or is that one of the professors? Oh, yeah, yeah, attending is a, a resident. I think that's more like a just like hospital term. It's up. Oh, wait, did I say resident? Oh, she's um, the exact. Oh, no, no. That. It's the uh, professor. Yeah. So, oh, I see. I see. So it's like okay, so the oral surgery, surgery professor at USC. Yeah. So when did you start shadowing these? Um professors and, and yeah. residents uh, so i started pretty early my freshman year uh or first oh. year at usc here and mm-hmm. i would try to come in at least once a week um and i'll learn whatever cases they were um that were there that day um and wow so, so you would go in once a week to yeah. the clinic and yeah, shadow whenever i had time really and just as much as i can try to um, just kind of see what oral surgery had to offer. I mean, I didn't know anything about the field before mm-hmm. school, so it was just something mm. so new and crazy to me. So, um, and you didn't the blood and guts didn't scare you away, obviously, because now you're dedicating uh, the next four years of your life to it. 
Yeah, no, it's like you kind of get used to it. I remember, like, you guys, you maybe had to do it too at, um, at your school, but, like, collecting, like, the jar of teeth. I remember when I had to mm-hmm. do that, and I was like, oh, gross. But <laughs> now, like, I see, like, they extract the tooth, and I'm like, Yum. Yum. Delicious. <laughs> it makes you hungry. <laughs> you know, my dad's an obstetrician and he always would tell me growing up, he said, the smell of cauterization makes me hungry. Oh, so yeah. maybe one day when you're a sick, twisted oral surgeon, the smell of burning flesh will make you hungry oh, too. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope not, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Hopefully not. That's how you know you're messed up. Right. <laughs> but my dad will be the first one to admit that. Oh, yeah. Um, great man. Great man. <laughs> uh, so, um, so there's just so many requirements that you need to do in order to get into OMFS, especially your first year applying. Um, but I want to talk about the CBSC, which is the test that every resident has to take. When did you start studying for that giant exam? Yeah, so I started studying my second year, so D2 year. In the fall, winter, in spring? Towards the fall, because the first okay. test I took was the it was the February test. Um, okay, so the years. February test in your third year? My second year, actually. You took it in your second year? Oh, wow. Yeah, let me think. So you studied yeah. for just a few months before you took it for the first time? Yes. So that one was more of a like practice, practice round. Um, I think it's a pretty good idea to start studying as soon as you can, um, mm. like especially in your D2 year, I'd say, because you can get more um, tries like the exam because it's only offered twice a year. So you want to mm-hmm. maximize that. August and February, right? Exactly. And so you want to maximize the amount of times you can take it. Um, mm. yeah. So how many times did you take it? I took it two times, basically. So yeah. you took it February of your second year and then August of your third year or yeah. February of your third year? August of my third year. August of your third year. Okay. Um, do you wish you had started studying earlier and maybe in your first year? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I wish I took it the, let's see. I wish I took it that fall of my second year. So in August D2. Wait, does that make sense? February D2. Yeah. August. So you wish you had taken it earlier. Yeah. And then do you wish you had taken it again in February and then again in August of the um, next year? Yeah. Or do you wish you had given yourself a year in between? Earlier, I would have maybe been able to try it for like a third time or maybe even fourth Mm. time. Um, But I was pretty happy with my score the first time. Um, Really? And so, uh, but the thing is, the test is like, People are understanding the test a lot better and studying for it a lot better. And so from my understanding, the scores are going up. They're not quite the okay. same as they were five years ago or four years ago. The, the average So why do, why do you think that is? Why are people how are people understanding the test better? Um the just the study material that people have and the resource they have access to and now students are learning like, oh, we can, you should probably take it my D one or D two year. Um, mm. and a lot so of the people, earlier the better yeah exactly and people are focusing more on this test because honestly this test is like one of the biggest factors in your application 
is mm-hmm. like something they can the emissions or or the the program looks at to basically decide if they want to look at the rest of your application or not it's just a yeah. part of the application yeah it's like it's it's base it's probably the determining factor if they look at your application or throw it away yeah and, then, and, and, and i mean there's so. always like special case it's not it's not everything but it's it's yeah it's a lot of it yeah that makes sense because it's everyone's on the same level like every exactly because it's a standardized test that's the point of it mm-hmm. um okay that makes sense um so you wish you had ta- started studying earlier you wish you had taken it in the fall of your d2 and then as many times after that as possible yeah um do they take your highest score or do they take an average of all your scores or do they look at all do they have access to all your other scores how what do they see um they just see the score you submit so you can take it as many times as you want so that's okay. why that's an advantage of taking it more times and um is it like the dat where you take the test and then your score pops up on the screen or do you have to like wait six months or yeah yeah i remember when the dat score popped up right after my test and that's so crazy yeah um but this one you have to wait uh maybe like a month or so um okay that's not not bad because they're comparing your score up against like medical students who take that cbse score and they sort of um i'm not really sure if it's curved i think it sort of is and they Mm -hmm. curve it against medical students who take that exam oh and so medical students take that i thought they took the the oh the step one step two thing so they some schools have students take the cbse before they take the step one um that's oh, really my understanding. I could be incorrect. I see. They have them take the yeah. CBSE before they take it to make sure, like they're ready. They're ready. Yeah. Yeah. The CBS, the CBSC, and the and step one use a ton of the same study materials. Exactly. Now, speaking of which, what study materials did you use? So the classic, like study material is, um, UWorld, first grade. Yeah. Um and Pathoma, and so okay. Um, UWorld is a question bank. First Aid is a book that uh-huh. has like an outline of basically all the material you need to know and um like great mnemonics and yeah study aids. And then Pathoma is a set of video series, um, done by this um I guess a professor at I don't know which medical school, but he does a great job explaining all the concepts and like mm-hmm. all the little diagrams and helping you remember everything. Um, so that's a classic three. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, there are other people who swear by Anki, which are set of um, like they're like a virtual deck of like basically flash flashcards that you can make for yourself, or there are mm-hmm. made decks of mm-hmm. flashcards online that you can find and. Another video series that I really like is called Boards and Beyond. And okay. there's this guy named Dr. Ryan, and he does an incredible job of explaining everything. So I kind of mm. used all those resources. Did um, you use Sketchy at all? Oh, yeah, yeah. Also a also a banger, um, Sketchy. 
uh, farm and sketchy micro. Um, probably mm. the best resource. Not the path. I didn't really use path. Um, I heard some yeah. mixed reviews about that, but I yeah. really like sketchy uh, farm and micro because uh, that's just the way I kind of learn with these pictures. Pictures. I think it's called like a memory palace where they just have mm. a little. Mm-hmm. Um, like you're using like space visually to memorize things. So. Yeah. When I was going through pharmacology, um, one of my med students uh, had access to all those programs and just sent them to me. And so I use Sketchy Farm for my pharmacology, mm-hmm. learning pharmacology, and it made learning a thousand times easier. Yeah. Yeah. And retaining the information, it's still in there. Like, mm-hmm. I've never learned anything as well as I did pharmacology just because it's sketchy. Yeah, it's incredible. It's, and I mean, it's crazy. It, it depends on your learning style, but mm-hmm. I think it's like, it's different. Not too many people have tried that visual learning style. And mm. I think um, it's very beneficial. I think they should change like all learning to that way because it is just so efficient, so quick, and the retention on it, long-term retention is huge. Exactly. Yeah. Um, um, I really enjoy it. So, so what was your strategy? Did you just watch as many videos as you possibly could every day of the week? No, uh, I was a little more systematic when I came to that. I would do like a, I would write out a schedule and for mm-hmm. how many weeks leading up to the exam, I would try to watch like I would try to do one system, so like cardiology for a week, and mm. just divide up the videos evenly into uh, like seven days or six days a week. Um, okay. Watch all the videos. Uh, I attempt to take notes, but it's a lot of notes to take, and then oh, yeah, try to do questions based on that system. Okay, on U World. On U World or uh, Boards and Beyonds. Uh, Boards and Beyond has their own set of questions too, which is nice. Okay. And then, so after I ran through the systems after however many weeks, then I would set aside maybe like straight um, month, month and a half to do Yule questions. And mm. there are a lot of Yule questions and they're constantly adding more. And yeah. I think doing a block or two is pretty good for you will questions it just takes a longer time to review and for Mm -hmm. context a block of questions is 40 questions and okay they they're pretty tough like Mm -hmm. honestly the hardest questions i've ever um like done and like yeah but they go into such like incredible detail Mm -hmm. why certain answers are right and which ones are wrong and why they're wrong and there's yeah and you just have to sit down and like learn everything so just reviewing the questions afterwards takes several hours so like just just trying to figure out like how to balance that doing questions doing reviews and watching videos and it's just it varies from person to person so i don't think there's actually one straightforward like study guide like or like study breakdown but you just, everyone just has to tailor it to how they learn best yeah that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah it's a pro it sounds like a process and it sounds like you just have to take it day by day and trust the system and trust the videos and um i do have a question about your school 
at USC, did they teach you all the basic sciences like that they teach the med students or was it a watered down like dental school version? Yeah, ours was definitely a watered down version, I'd say. So our school is a little more unique because we do a system called PBL. Um, it's called oh, yeah. problem-based learning. And in that system, we're in these smaller blocks and we're learning mm. uh, our basic sciences with like a professor or like a, yeah, like a PhD professor or a dentist who, who has taught this subject for a while. And mm-hmm we would learn like our endocrine system, like diabetes and all that. And we'd be in our small groups and we do what are called learning needs after every session. And so you kind of go home, do your homework on that one thing you were assigned, come back and like teach the group. And so that was mm. our PBL style learning. Um, and it definitely was a watered down version because we didn't really cover everything that I assume med school would cover. Um, yeah. And it's, um, learning, studying for the CBSC is a little more challenging because you have a little bit more to cover, but it's yeah, definitely that, cool. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about externships. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you obviously got into the school where you went for, you got into the residency where you went for uh, dental school. Um, did you do an externship there? Yeah. Yeah. I, externed here at USC um, for a week and then I also okay. went to Cook County it's a uh, hospital in Chicago um, and then I for did, how long that was also a week so and then I okay. did an externship uh, not not really an externship but more of an observership at Stanford where they do mm-hmm. um, there's a sleep surgery program there and I kind of went there to observe um, was that a week too? That was also a week, and I think a week is probably the a good amount of time you get decent exposure. But if, if you're able to do two weeks, that'd be good too, because the program, um, the residents and the program directors would be able to interact with you more. Um, a, hmm. week, a week goes by pretty fast, and you can get a better oh, idea sure. of the program. But depending mm-hmm. on which school you go to and how much time you get off and how much time they let you take off. Uh, a week is is a pretty solid. So did you go during your third year? Yeah, I went in the winter break of my third year. So we had been in Clinton. To all of them? I went to two of them during that winter break. And then the following, like, President's, whatever President's Day lands on in, like, is that in February? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think um, it might be. Yeah, yeah. I, I went on the following, like, President's Day is a Monday, so I took, mm. I was able to go on that week in February for my USC externship. And Okay. Um, I just remember that because I didn't have to take that Monday off from clinic because it was a holiday. Mm. Yeah. Mm, that makes sense. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. Because those are, those are hard to come by, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And... <laughs> for for just yeah it's hard because you don't want to take too much time off from clinic and fall behind yeah. those requirements and whatnot okay that makes sense mm-hmm. um so so you went to three externships and we're able to compare all those three 
what would you say? Um, actually, first of all, did you have to apply for the rest externships? Yes. So you have to kind of coordinate between your school's administration, like administrative office and the hospitals, um, whoever the administrative assistant is, and mm-hmm. try to figure out the dates, try to figure out all the paperwork because there's a, a crap ton of paperwork. Like you have to get your immunizations done. Um, like sometimes mm. they have you do background checks. They have you fill out a lot of paperwork, scan it back and forth. And so I, I would, if you're like planning an externship, I would like prepare, like get paperwork done and immunizations done maybe like a month or two ahead of time. Just like, yeah, no, I'm not, sure. not, um, cause you don't want to miss it because you didn't get all your shots. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That makes sense. Uh, huh. Um, and so after visiting all these residencies, what, in your opinion, makes a good OMFS residency versus maybe not as good of one? So the most important thing I'd say would be, well, there, there's two things. It's the training and just mm-hmm. the scope of the training. Um and then the the people that you're with, and so okay. going to extern or an interviewing, you kind of get to gauge um, what the attendings are like, what the residents are like, and how they interact with each other, what kind of atmosphere and culture there is at that program. So I think at the end of the day, you want to be at least happy or comfortable with the people you're mm-hmm. with, and the people you're there with. And I, I know that I said that like the scope of your training is important. But mm-hmm. I I remember like my mentor saying like regardless what program you go to you'll come out being a decent surgeon or okay. decent resident um, decent whatever specialty you want to be in but um, I think the culture there is really important and mm. uh, location's important too but I think that's more of a secondary thing uh, harder mm-hmm. if you have like family or like uh, family that need to move with you or anything like that yeah yeah that makes sense but those are like kind of three things that are kind of important to look for yeah 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 i i do like what you said like no matter where you go especially for something as difficult to get into and as strenuous as surgery like you're gonna come out and you're gonna know your stuff Mm -hmm. because you're being taught by other brilliant surgeons and they're not gonna let you fall through the cracks there's too few residents to do that yeah so that makes sense Mm -hmm. um now let's talk about your application process um so when did you start it yeah so the application opens in may i believe so like for those applying this cycle that's pretty soon um Mm -hmm. when it opens i started applying right in may too and Mm -hmm. Before it the cycle opened, I had already started asking around for recommendation letters, and so mm. um, you'd want about like three or four recommendation letters, preferably from all surgeons. But if you have a good relationship with one of your faculty, let's say like in restorative or removable, and they could uh, they could you think you they could write you a pretty good letter that that'd be that'd be pretty solid too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started asking for letters ahead of time, and then there's a lot of um, just, I guess, paperwork or like you have to write your personal statement, you have to write a, 
a CV, um, mm -hmm. kind of reach out to programs and see what they want from you. Some programs require different things and um, like someone, you know, like mail checks to them or like uh, headshot photos of them. Um, or oh, you, you took a good headshot photo oh thanks thanks yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you actually do it right in front of your car with short no, time the that one was a separate photo but okay one okay with, that one was hilarious was uh uh actual kind of serious more serious photo but then I, okay I, I put that one in there because i just thought it was <laughs> that was <Yeah>. hilarious <laughs> uh so so for people listening to this calvin he had a professional headshot photo and then on ins and he posted that on Instagram. And I think if you just swiped right to the next photo, it was a photo of him from a further distance in front of a white butcher paper. And he was wearing his tux or his his coat and tie and everything. Um, and then shorts. <laughs> but, <laughs> <flip -flops>. but <laughs> it was it was a good it was funny. I I died. That's that's when you kind of announced that you got into the residency right yeah yeah i they, they i got in and then i was like oh now i can be now i can be the, my real self and the program yeah right man <laughs> <laughs> what a relief right yeah, exactly <laughs> really was so so you sent them the headshot photos um anything yeah. else you sent them all your scores and letters of rec and everything yeah so it depends on the program there's a, a website called like the adea pass search engine and so you mm -hmm. go there and you put in oral surgery and it'll pop up all the programs and then you click on each one and you kind of see what their deadline is um what exactly they want from you when are their interview dates and you can contact whoever the uh administrative assistant is and kind of ask what else they want from you um so it's a lot of correspondence between different programs and what what did you say that website was adea pass p-a-s-s pass search engine but search engine mm -hmm. huh, and that's for all the specialties all the specialties yeah oh huh. yeah cool I didn't know that. So I had made a spreadsheet on Google with all the programs that I wanted to apply to, when their deadlines were, if they wanted a headshot, like what kind of scores they wanted from me, um, whether they wanted me to submit everything separately or everything within uh, the like the idea pass um, application page. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. And um, how many schools did you apply to? So I applied to maybe 30. And so um, for some people, that's going to be a lot. And my, uh -huh. my rationale was that it was a COVID cycle. So I wasn't, uh, most of the interviews were on Zoom. So I just figured I'd cast, oh, my, net a little smart. Wider, um, cast my net a little wider and just apply to mm -hmm. you know, like more programs because um, it wouldn't hurt even if I had like all these interviews to all the places. And, and how many interviews did you end up doing? Um, so for this cycle, I ended up doing maybe I did three interviews, which was kind of a lot less than I expected and had mm -hmm. wanted. And the thing is I applied to mostly, or I applied to only four year programs. 
And okay. I think this COVID cycle was a little more rough for applicants looking to do only four-year track. Oh. Um, so why did you choose four-year over six-year? Um, I wanted to do the four-year because my end goal at the end of training was to do private practice. And okay. I had talked to a couple of the residents and my mentors, and they, they were like, if you want to do private practice, uh, like four-year tracks, the way to go it's like you're just you're you're in and out fast four years um and like the md is great it's but it doesn't make the biggest difference um yeah in terms of your, the scope of your training especially in private practice but mm-hmm. like i know people who go into private practice and they have their md and it's it's like a, it, it, it there's some pros and cons, but I think at the end of the day, for me personally, what I wanted was to do the four-year track. Mm-hmm. And that's another two years of your life too. Exactly. So when is it better to do the MD program, would you say? So the MD program is really good if you want to do academics after your training mm. um, or you are interested in doing a fellowship. So another extra okay. training. So like if you want to specialize just in... I don't know, cleft lip repair, exactly. right? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so the sixth year, do you just do two years of clinic rotations in med school and then four years of just regular oral um, surgery residency? or Basically, it just... it's a little more nuanced than that because you'll be doing like some parts of second year of med school, some parts of third year, and some hmm. some parts of maybe even fourth year and depends on the program and how long they have you in medical school for. Um, okay. There's somewhere online, I forget where, but you can kind of see how many months of like oral surgery, um, specific oral surgery training you'll get in like certain programs. Mm. Um, and that's important because at the end of the day, you want to train in oral surgery um, and be an oral surgeon. Um, so it depends on what you want, but most people will be like, uh, I want, like, po- they want to minimize, like, how many months they're in medical school or doing off yeah. rotations. Um, and back to your interview, I just want to ask, what kind of questions did they ask you? Um, very similar questions to the ones that you've asked me, like, kind of the, the basics, like, why do you want to do oral surgery? Um why do you want to come here to this program specifically? Okay. Um, what are like some of your strengths and your weaknesses? Um, pretty, like pretty basic, uh, pretty standard basic questions. They're not out to get you anything, um, yeah. but some some places might ask you like, like a specific question. Like one place I interviewed that asked me like, uh, what what is like. Um, what would you treat like, uh, what was it called? Ludwig's angina. Like what medication would mm. you treat that? Mm. Like, what's the side effect of that medication? Um, and it was kind of random. Okay. It kind of put me off. Uh, like, not Did you know? Like, it Did you know it? Uh, yeah, I, I knew it. But like in the moment, I was like, why are they asking me? This is so random. <laughs> places will just Maybe ask. that's why they asked you. To, yeah, exactly. To, to throw you off. Some places uh, try to throw you off and ask you technical questions, um, but for the most part, they're just trying to 
gauge and you kind of get an idea of who you are and it mm. will mesh well with other residents and mm. with other tenants. Um, I know we're going a little bit into overtime. Do you have just a few more minutes? Oh yeah, no, no. Okay. Um. <clears throat> so I'm. So I've talked to some oral surgeons about residency, mm-hmm. and they say that it's <laughs> very draining. <laughs> yeah. Um. To say the least. Um. But maybe it. Maybe it's changed a little bit since they've gone and when you're going, but. Are you a little bit nervous for residency or how do you feel about it? Or are you just so focused in dental school that you haven't thought much about it or? No. Um, what are your I'm thoughts? For sure. Pretty nervous for residency. Um, just kind of anticipating just being the most tired I'll ever be. Um, and work- in your life. In my life. <laughs> yeah. And working as hard as I'll ever be. Um, but I, I'm excited because it's like a kind of, training that or like i won't get this kind of training anywhere else yeah this kind of learning and i'll learn the most that i ever have learned like what does uh what does the usc omfs curriculum look like is it class is a little class little clinic um or it's it's like it's pretty standard for oral surgery programs it's mostly um clinical but there's some like didactic courses that we take and journal clubs that we do um but most of the time you're seeing patient well if you're on the it'll it'll depend where you are like if you're rotating or not but if you're on the service you'll be seeing patients in Mm. the like outpatient clinic and then uh, as an intern you'll see patients outpatient clinic and then you'll uh take call and then yeah, um, that's the worst part. The OR, if you're needed there, or uh, want to go watch a case or help with the case. Um, yeah. And then there's different years, like second year, you're on general surgery uh, rotation. Okay. Um, and then third year, you rotate through like the children's hospital, and then uh, as the trauma surgeon, and then. Oh man, that'd be brutal. And then. Um, your fourth year, you're the chief, and you're basically running the entire service, kind of. And wow, um, that that's from my perspective. As um, I mean, I'm I'm sort of familiar with the program, but that's not all encompassing. There's a lot that goes, um, mm-hmm. in, like the day to day of a resident. Um, but yeah, there there are some like pathology courses you take or um mm. like conferences that you do with like the orthodontic residents and. Oh, I see. That, but a lot of it is hands-on, like you're in the hospital, you're training there, and you're learning. That. You're doing the surgeries, right? Mm-hmm. Is it like watch one, do one, teach one kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, huh. Wow. And then, so you mentioned um, when you're done, in four years, when you're done with residency, when you can finally actually catch up on your sleep, uh, <laughs> you want to go into private practice, right? Yeah. What what kind of work do you think you'll be doing mostly in private practice? Um, a lot of uh, third molar extractions, um, sedations, um, well, just extractions in general, and then mm-hmm. implants, um, the occasional orthopedic or jaw surgery, and um, that... I heard people avoid those. Yeah, they do. 
they do. Like you mean patients or like the surgeons of like No, surgeons. I heard orthodontic surgery is one of the things that don't excite surgeons. <laughs> um I, I think it just has to do with like how much um like insurance pays and how much risk there is involved with it compared to yeah. doing relative to doing extractions of their molars or anything mm, mm, mm-hmm. um the 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 pros do not outweigh the cons i think yeah um yeah that makes sense i i'm sure like a actual private practice surgeon could weigh in a lot better than i can but yeah that's that's from the yeah no that's i shadowed mostly an oral surgeon preparing for dental school mm-hmm. and yeah, he did a ton of third molar extractions um, and a lot of implants. And I'm sure you'll get the, you'll remove cancer and stuff too. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he's just killing it though. And it's always so fun to watch because you can tell they all love what they do. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's serious work, but it's seriously rewarding, I would say. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, dude, I'm that's that's very exciting for you. Like you're you're in a great spot. I'd be thrilled. Just tell us how you felt the day you found out you matched. Actually, just tell us what was match day like. Match day for me. So, they send out the email like at 5 a.m. because I I think they send it out like that I think that's like oh. what 8 o'clock in Eastern time. But yeah, so for uh-huh. us here in the West Coast, that's like uh, 5 a.m. and I woke up and was did you wake up at 5 a.m. I did I and I was kind of anticipating I wasn't really sure if I would have matched considering like three interviews and so mm-hmm. um kind of like super nervous because like it's kind of <laughs> so woke up at five and then when I saw the email and then I read it I was just like I mean that's just like the biggest like relief and just like the happiest um i mean just like the happiest moment (laughs) oh i'm sure i mean (laughs) you've spent you spent you you spent years of your life preparing for this um and so i'm sure you just felt so relieved if you hadn't gotten it Mm -hmm. if you hadn't matched what would you have done yeah, so I was kind of preparing for the possibility of not matching. So I was getting ready to reach out to programs to do an internship. So that's where you do a one year and you work at whatever program as an intern. Um, mm. And then you reapply after. And so I was kind of just, um, that That was my my plan b was to do an internship okay. and then reapply after but you went with plan a plan a uh, plan a chose me plan a so. came came through yeah. uh do you get paid for your for your residency or do you have to pay yeah you get paid as a resident when well for in the four track i get paid all four years basically okay good um but i know some residencies like ortho a lot of them you have to pay yeah so for oral surgery you get paid um except if you're in the six-year md program you have to pay for medical school but after that oh jeez. yeah yeah 
I have a friend who did med school first, paid four years of med school, and now he's doing four years of dental school. Oh, wow. But he already got a spot in his residency. So okay. I'll interview him soon. He agreed to be on the oh, podcast. Wow. But okay, my very last question for you is, what is one piece of advice you would give your first year dental student self, knowing what you know now hmm. about OMFS or about anything? And go, going back, yeah, I, I'd probably say start studying early, um, like mm. the thing before. Um, and just like, I mean, getting to know, like just finding a mentor, um, mm-hmm. having someone who kind of knows what it's like to be down the road you want to go down and, mm-hmm. and just give you insight and advice whenever you need. Just a good, just to guide you in the right direction. And uh, oral surgery is kind of difficult for, like, even at well, at USC because all the residents are at the hospital and mm-hmm. they're at dental school all the time, so you don't really see them too often. Um, mm. But uh, and so I'm not sure how it is at your school or other schools. But um, I, just finding a mentor, I think, is just so important and just mm-hmm. it's so helpful. Um, mm. But those yeah, two things, study early and funny mentor. Sorry, I, I cheated. Yeah. I, I answered twice. Ah, oh, you said two things. How could you? I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Well, hey, well, Calvin, thanks so much for being on here. I learned a ton, and I, I know many people who want to do oral surgery, and I'll definitely refer this episode to them. Um, so thanks, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. Yeah, of course. Yeah, thank you for having me on here. Yeah. Of course. And join us again next week for another episode of the Indirect Vision Podcast.